Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right, I'm so glad that you're joining me today. This is going to be really exciting, and I'm really pumped because today we're talking about, uh, again, Jesus' prayer. This is his high priestly prayer where Jesus is uh, he's praying but but he's praying for us. He's praying for you and for me. And so this is a precious prayer that is, um, it's challenging. It's challenging to us today because we hear the heart of Jesus. And we isn't it amazing to know that even today, Jesus is praying for you and for me. Romans 8.34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So Jesus prayed for us then, and specifically in this prayer today, in, uh, in John 17.20-26, we hear his heart for you and me and for the church today. But also... Again, this is a challenge for us because we can be an answer to Jesus' prayer. Unfortunately, we um, have never done this. We, the, the church uh, across the world has always had some element of division. And uh, in fact, William Barclay, the, the you know, commentator, uh, he said this, a Christian theologian scholar, he said, the cause of Christian unity at the present time, and indeed all through history, has been injured and hindered because men loved their own ecclesiastical, that's churchy, you know, church organizations, their own creeds, their own ritual more than they loved each other. What an indictment on the church. And Jesus prayed for us as as believers today and uh, for, for all those who believed from the time of Jesus until today, all over the world. This is what we call the Big C Church, the the kingdom of God. And he says in, um, in verse 20 of John 17, he says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. And, and again, it's awesome to know that Jesus prayed for everyone, from the, the greatest to the least, from the uh, marginalized to those who are uh, in power, to those who are world-renowned, to those who are obscure, uh, from the weakest Christian to the strongest Christian, Jesus prayed for all of us. And this verse gives us three essentials that it takes for people to become believers. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Who are those? Those are the 
disciples, the followers of Jesus, the messengers like you and me who share the, the message of God and the word of God so that people can believe in the name of Jesus. And we know the messenger is um, the medium, right? It's the means that God uses is a person, a person like you and me who makes ourselves available. And we see this in Romans 10, 14 that asks the question, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So someone's got to go. And that someone, of course, needs to be you and me. Uh, we are his ambassador, his representative, his voice and his hands and feet and heartbeat in the world today. But also there's the message. How can they, the, the message, he says, um, for those who will believe in me through their message, what is our message? Well, the message is the good news of Jesus that we find in the word of God. The word of God is our message. And he says, those who will believe. So that the element of faith is vital, that we come to him through faith. So there's the messenger, there's the message itself, but there's putting faith in that message and in Jesus. So that is, that's that first, uh, first verse of verse 20, but then Jesus goes on in verse 21. And what did he pray specifically for us? Well, he prayed that we would live in unity as one. Let's read this in verses 21 and 22. that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also believe in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one, how? As we are one, okay? And so this is the central theme of Jesus' whole entire prayer. We've seen this as we've looked through the past few weeks looked at this prayer and the the theme and the heart of Jesus is unity, the unity of his church, the unity of believers that we must be one. And this is a very high standard that he sets. This is not just a uh, weak kind of oneness or just sort of one, but this is a strong uh, bond between us. And it's this high standard that he sets. He says that you may be one, that we may be one as he is one with God the Father, God the Son, they are one. This is the same quality, the same strong kind of unity. This is a deeply spiritual definition of unity, not just a surface. And anything that is surface, a surface kind of unity, is less than what Jesus prays for. It's less than true unity. And why? Why is this so important that we are unified it's so that the world around us may believe that the Father, God the Father, sent Jesus into the world so that we and, and anyone who would trust in Jesus would have abundant, full, joyful life that's found only in Jesus. John 10.10, 10, Jesus says this. He says, I've come that they, anyone who believes in him, might have life and have it to the full. And um, so that's the that's the heart of that's the heart of Jesus. Because when we are divided and, and the church that is divided, that is a confused, mixed up message. 
Um, Jesus said in Mark 3.25, he said, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And that's true for a family, but it's also true for a church family. Uh, There are not many various messages or there are not many different ways to get to God. There's only one way, and that is through Jesus. There's this unified um, message that comes as we are unified around the message. We've got to be one. We've got to be one in spirit, one in uh, our mind, one in proclaiming the central truth and the message of Jesus. And that message is that God sent Jesus from heaven into the world. And there's only one response. There's only one response that is um, that is a saving response. And that is that you would believe that God sent Jesus, that Jesus came from God. And as God's people, we have one central mission, that we're unified around this mission to tell people the message of how Jesus can change their life. And the, the tragedy that we're seeing in our world today, and really this is not nothing new, this has been throughout time, is that there are so many voices out there with so many different messages. Some people are saying, well, you got to be good enough. You got to do enough good things, good deeds. You got to go through these rituals. You got to have this, be a part of this denomination or this group of people. You've got to follow these rules, these regulations, or here's one kind of morality and here's another kind of morality. And there's these false prophets in our world today. There's the false ideas of humanism and naturalism and secularism and all of these competing ideas. And yet there is one truth and there's one true message, and that is that we're only saved through putting our faith in Jesus. And it's not of good works or else we would boast, but it's it's because of our faith and because of what Jesus did, because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now, where does this unity come from? Because it's hard to find, right? It's hard for us to find unity. Well, the unity comes from the glory of God. We've been talking about the glory of God as well. What is that? Well, in Jesus, the glory of God in Jesus was his perfect life, his death on the cross, his resurrection and, and ultimate ascension. But um, it's God's glory that unites us together and makes us, connects us with Jesus, makes us one, unified with him and one with one another. And what our glory is, the glory that, that we receive is uh, the new life that we receive, our forgiveness that we've been given a purpose and a great mission, and we have a great hope, which is our future with Jesus. And when we experience God's glory together, each one of us, we then share a common purpose, a common uh, character, and, and we give our lives for this one cause. And we do it together, working together as a team, as a family, as one unit, um, to be, live out the new creation that God has made us as, that we're a different kind, we have a different kind of character now. We're living set apart, holy lives for God. We are making different kinds of decisions now with our life, and we are uh, fired up. We are passionate 
about reaching out into the world to reach others, to share the incredible good news that God has sent Jesus into the world to save us. And, um, you know, really God's glory for us comes through his indwelling spirit, Holy Spirit that lives within our lives. That is a glorious truth. And, uh, you know, the thing about that is God's presence is with us. If you know Jesus, you you have the spirit of God living inside of you and he's not going to leave you. He stays with you. So then let's look at Jesus' uh, continued prayer in verse 23. As Jesus prays that we live in a perfect, complete unity as one body. Let's look at this perfection that he talks about in verse 23. He says, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Complete unity. This is uh, a higher kind of unity that we don't need to settle for less than complete unity. And uh, unity, remember, is not the same thing as uniformity, right? Uniformity means we're all cookie cutter, we're all exactly the same. That's not how God created us. God loves variety, and he created you uniquely, and yet as you come together with others in the body, in the local church, together we have strengths, uh, we, we have, uh, we're stronger together, we're better together through our unity. And, um, you know, the reality is, as we look around our world, our world has not been reached for Christ. This was Jesus' prayer. You know, this was Jesus' hope and desire that we would be living our lives on mission. And it's such a simple prayer, and yet it's so neglected. And as a result of our infighting and our divisions, just think, it's, it's heartbreaking. Millions of people have been lost because of our divisive witness. We've not been unified enough to infiltrate the world with the good news of Jesus and uh, we got to own that. You know, as we look around our world, we see the problems in our world. We know we're called to be salt and light. And we want to point the fingers at the people around us and the world and this and that. Listen, it comes back to us. God has called us to make a difference. And, and the problem definitely is not, this is not God's fault. God has given us all that we need. He is loving enough. He is willing enough. He's powerful enough and strong enough to use us to make such a great difference in our world. But the problem is, without a doubt, it is that believers, um, you know, believers true and so-called believers who, um, who claim to follow Jesus, and yet we don't love each other um, as Jesus calls us to. We don't love each other the way that we know we should. And, and so Jesus has this call and this prayer that we are, perfected as one. Now, when we say perfected and complete, um, this is not like you don't have any sin in your life. You know, this is not like you're going to be totally perfect because that's not going to happen on this side of heaven. The, the idea of perfection is a perfection of purpose. It has to do with our goal together. It means being mature, fully grown to in a particular stage of growth. And uh, so it's fitness for the task. And that means, you know, sometimes it means training, but it's not just training because, again, you, you, you know, you can't argue someone into the kingdom of God and you don't want to use the Bible 
as a weapon to hit somebody over the head. It's really about loving people enough to speak up. It's about uh, knowing what God is doing in your life and being able to share in a simple way. Okay, so Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 48. He said, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So it's a great call to be perfect, but what that means is to be mature and complete. And so there are three stages, as with many things we see in the Word of God, there are some stages to this kind of development. There's this, the saving perfection, um, where when you're saved, um, Jesus sets you apart and uh, he looks at you. God looks at you now through the cross of Jesus and he sees you as complete. And yet you're not complete yet uh, because you're growing. You're growing. So there's this growing perfection as God is showing us those areas in our life that he wants us to turn over to him. And as he shows us those areas, you better believe we got to do something about it. We got to take some steps and, uh, and grow through uh, those areas. And ultimately, there's this ultimate perfection, this ultimate completion that ultimately one day we will be made perfect. I love, again, Jude chapter, uh, verse 24. There's only one chapter in Jude, but Jude 1 24 says, to him, to, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, so he's going to keep you moving forward, and to present you before his glorious presence, again, the glory of God, without fault, and with great joy. So there's going to be a day when all of the struggle is going to be complete and God's going to finish his work in your life. And so our example of perfected love is the, the, the love of God for us. Think about this. If Jesus can love me and he can love you with all of our faults, with all of our flaws, with all of our imperfections, I mean, this is not just a light thing, like, oops, I just made a mistake. This is ultimate, like, we have rejected the work of God in our lives time and time again, and yet he still loves us. He still loves us. That means we can love our family. We can love our spouse. We can love our church family in that way, and with forgiveness and with grace and with mercy. That shows that we have a whole different kind of love, a whole different quality of love. It is truly a new kind of love. And, and the source of that unity is the presence of God in our life. Um, the, the hope of glory that God lives in us. Uh, Colossians 1.27 says, To them God has chosen, to, to us, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ lives in your life, and um, and the purpose of it is that people will come to know Jesus. There's all kinds of unity that we see in this chapter. As Jesus talks about unity, unity, unity throughout it, he's talking about the unity of God's name that we focus on. We all are, are claiming the name of, of God uh, that, that keeps us from being divided in a divisive world. We are claiming the unity of God's protection over us to deliver us from the problems and the evil in our world. We're, uh, we've got the unity of our shared witness to the world that all of us together, we're, we're able to reach more people 
together, that we're united and people see that and they say, I want that. You know, a church that loves each other, that is a church that people will flock to. They want to be a part of that. You have, you'd literally have to, to bar the doors and lock the doors to keep people away from a place and a people like that where they know uh, that, that they love one another. And so there's this unity of love that the world can know that our message really is from God because we're loving from a place of unity. And the world needs that today more than any time in history. What the world needs now, as Jackie DeShannon said, uh, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And just imagine a huge demonstration of love to our world from a massive multitude of God's people. Just think about the incredible impact that we can make on the world if we were really unified in love. And our love is different from the the so-called love that we find in the world. Because Christian love is sacrificial love. It's a love that's willing to give everything we have and, and, and all that we are to serve a world that is reeling and rocking under the massive weight of disease, hunger, um, all, of the, all the problems that we see in our world today. Uh, the love of God is the cure and uh, the forgiveness of God. And so 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Check this out. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is a sacrificial love. And so therefore, uh, he says, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. That means sacrificing our wants, our selfish desires. Um, sometimes it means uh, you know, financial sacrifice, uh, sacrifice of our time, our energy, all of these things that we're sacrificing. It could even mean literally sacrificing your life. I mean, ultimately, we don't want to just spiritualize it. It could mean laying down your life for the sake of your brothers and sisters. And that is the witness that will change the world. But then in verse 24, um, Jesus prayed that Christians will be with him in glory. That's that ultimate glorification in verse 24. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. <laughs> And to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. One day our unity will be complete. There's going to be no division, um, no separation, no disconnection in heaven. There will be a day when together we are ultimately and finally united and we will cry out together in one voice, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Um, we just recently, you know, moved into a new home and uh, it's been exciting to, you know, as we're fixing up the house and, and having people over to uh, kind of show them uh, our new home um, and kind of the, pro, you know, the just feeling the good feelings that go along with that. Well, I hear that in Jesus voice where he says, Father, I want to show I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. And, and so he, Jesus um, was an alien and a stranger here on this earth. But now he's praying that his family ultimately is going to go visit his home and our new home. You know what makes heaven heaven? 
It's not because of the streets of gold. It's not because of any, you know, any of the incredible uh, descriptions that, that we've come up with or that even you read in the Bible about heaven. What makes heaven is the presence of Jesus. Jesus is there being in his presence. And this is a different kind of glory that we're talking about here because this is um, the glory that, uh, belo- that belongs to Jesus. This is the glory of Jesus. And Jesus is eternal. He existed before the foundation of the world. He says, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. See, Jesus didn't just come to exist when he was born uh, in that virgin birth in Bethlehem. Jesus has always existed. Jesus is God. And before Adam was created, the Father, God the Father, loved the Son. And that love is going to continue on throughout eternity so uh, that we can see this heavenly position of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.1 says this, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, that's these bodies, right? We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Um, Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. I want to remind you of this. I want to remind you of this to hold on to this and just know um, we're not home yet. Don't get too comfortable here because this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And, uh, you know, yeah, we enjoy the world that we have and, and you know, all the blessings or, or even the struggles. You know, if you know Jesus, whatever you're experiencing right now, this is the worst it's going to be because it only gets better in heaven. Let me, let me finish with this. The conclusion of Jesus' prayer is this testimony that we will all be filled with God's love. Let's look at verses 25 and 26. It says this. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you've sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. The world, the testimony of the world is that they don't know God. They don't really know God, even though Jesus has shown us clearly who God is and everyone who saw Jesus saw God There were still so many people who rejected him and refused to know him. And our world today is still rejecting him. And we understand that's the world that we live in. But there's also the testimony of Jesus, that he is eternal, that he is sent from God, that he uh, was and is and, and forever will be. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's the testimony of Christians down through the ages who have put their faith and their trust in Jesus And then there's the testimony of Jesus' faithfulness that he um, showed us and told us clearly who God is and how you can know him. And he want his heart's desire is that people will know and experience the love of God um, that he that God has for us. And 1 John 3:23 says, This is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. It's not just a suggestion that we're to love each other. It is the command of God, and the way we do it is the way he loved 
us. And so as we close right now, I just want to ask you this as we think about unity, we think about being an answer to the prayer of Jesus. Who is it that you've been divided from? Who do you need to be unified with? Who is it that you need to go and ask for forgiveness from or offer forgiveness to? You know, there are people maybe that you've written off, people you've disagreed with, but these are people that God has called us to love. And um, so as we do that, we pray that our witness will be so strong that people will come to know him in, in, in and because they see the love that we have for each other and the love that we have for God, the love that we have for the world around us. So let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, I do pray for us, God, that you soften our hearts and you give us hearts that are humble enough to forgive, to, to love, to um, give grace and mercy. God, even though people are not perfect, we know we're not perfect. God, but thank you that you forgive us and you've given, we know that we'll never have to forgive anyone else more than you've forgiven us. So help us to forgive, to be courageous enough to go to those to that person, to talk with them, and to offer uh, forgiveness. God, that we, your church, would be unified. Your people would be unified. We pray this, God, continuing your prayer for the church today. God, that somehow you give us unity in your name. And so we're thanking you, God. We pray you use us to reach a hurting world, a hurting lost world around us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you so much for joining me. Next week, we're going to be getting into uh, John chapter 18, and we're going to be looking at the arrest of Jesus and his trials and all this. It's going to be incredible. Um, I can't wait to, to go through this with you. Thank you so much for being with me today. Have a blessed day and rest of the week. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. <music>